You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You get the drill wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter as well at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Also, make sure you catch Locked On NBA today, Thursdays on Locked On NBA's podcast. Jackson, Gatlin, and Matt Moore have game recaps and analysis of the biggest NBA headlines, so you can follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Let's move on to the front court. Yesterday, we talked Let's. about the backcourt, LaMelo Ball, Wonderkin that was drafted by the Hornets third overall in the draft that took place before this one, wins rookie of the year. Crazy production from LaMelo, what he was able to do his first year in the association. Also, Terry Rozier signing the big boy contract. Both of those guys going at it at as the starters. And then how would the depth chart look like behind them? We addressed that in the uh, other podcast that we released on Wednesday morning. So now we'll move on to the front court. And let's go ahead and start with that small forward and that power forward starting spot. We'll try to save big guys, I guess, for tomorrow. Move on to the center yeah. position before we get to the weekend. Um, and then obviously some of this affects the big guys in the backcourt. And we'll touch on that as we uh, discuss the threes and the fours, but not if we have LaMelo and Terry Rogier as the starting one and the starting two, I have the starting three very easily. So Gordon Hayward also, <laughs> but then the, co the conversation gets pretty interesting at four because I was talking about this with Josh Lloyd. And I think okay. most of the depth charts I've seen released by Hornets minds. I think most of them, if not all of them, have Miles Bridges as the starting power forward. And that's what I listed when I joined Josh Lloyd on the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast for the Hornets preview. I had Miles Bridges there, but Josh was kind of thinking PJ might be starting at four and Mason yeah. would be the guy that was a pretty clear starter at five. I, you know, I think Mason is kind of pretty clearly going to start there. The significant minutes are going to go to PJ. They've alluded to this as much. They've yeah. alluded as much to this. Yeah, and, and Josh thought that as well. He thought that four of the five were pretty standard, but Mason being that four, um, be, being that five and one of the four that you felt really good about starting. And for me... Are you going where I think you're going with this? Well, no, I, I, think, I think Mason's going to be the starting five. I think Miles Bridge is going to be the starting four. But okay. but Josh was saying how PJ he thought might be the starter at that power forward spot. And I think he felt pretty comfortable about it. If I remember that conversation we had correctly. And so here's the idea I want to propose to you, right? Because most of the Hornets, okay. you know, anybody that covers the team, I think most of the depth charts I've seen released, right, have, have had miles starting there. Is there something to be said for doing the exact same thing you did last year, except Mason being that sub for Cody because Cody's with the Portland Trailblazers now? Do you start PJ Washington at the four again and have miles come off of that bench along with the Kelly Oubre or whatever, just to be featured more or does miles need to go ahead and start play with LaMelo right from the get go because of the way that he was certainly able to finish the season last year. That's a tough question. Cause and you, why are you throwing like the hard, difficult questions out this on a Thursday? No less <laughs> on a Thursday Walker. Yep. How dare you? Hey, Thursdays, Thursdays are the days that apparently we ask the hard questions. I didn't know that was the day that we were going to do it, but so it's okay, dubbed. Fine. What do you think? So I would, 
The answer is, if you're going to go with P.J. Washington, that means you really do want to start with your probably your five best defensive players. And to that extent, I understand how... You're saying... One hold on one second, real quickly. Because I know you are a fan of Miles' defense. And so I want to get this clear because it sounded like you were going the other way. You're saying Mason Plumley at you're saying PJ at the five and Miles at the four would be your best defensive no, no, lineup? No, 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 not saying that. Wow. I think that lineup gets killed on the board. Okay. Um, I would go like for this for the for this exercise, I would say if you wanted to start LaMelo, Gordon, you wanted to start Terry, and then go PJ Mason Plumley. That just says that you want to put a strict f- emphasis on defense. Now, that because I do believe from a defensive aspect, and especially when it comes to rotating and being the big that doesn't necessarily get picked on and pick and roll, I kind of like PJ's role a little bit better in that aspect. Where I do worry about any type of, like, the difference in between a Miles Bridges and a Kelly Oubre is where I find this, like, as much as I like this thought experiment, coming off the bench with both Oubre and Bridges, they overlap too much, you know? So that's the reason why I'm not so sure that particular pairing works, only because, like, you have too many similar pieces coming off, per se, and Oubre's been better at the four. So for that thought experiment, and I'm just saying, I understand how Brego might come to that conclusion in certain matchups and certain circumstances, but I'm not necessarily so sure you can do that off the jump with starting PJ and having Miles and Kelly come off the bat. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that Josh Lloyd went that route as well, and it makes sense. If if you like Miles' role coming off of the bench, then fine. But one. I imagine you want to see LaMelo and Miles play as much on the court as possible. They both complement each other. Yes, because they're fun, but also they're just, there's this chemistry between those two that allows them to play really good basketball and Kelly Oubre being on this team. I think you're totally right. I think that probably pushes miles bridges to the starting lineup along with what miles is able to do last year. And then Kelly can play alongside of PJ Washington. If you decide to go to your sixth and seventh man and, you know, leave a couple of starters in there, just however you want that rotation to look, those are going to be your two guys coming off of the bench. So we agree. I think in the long run, um, I think your best defensive lineup is miles at the four and PJ at the five. If we're talking about those players specifically, I I mean, I I would have Mason off the floor in that scenario. Um, but I, I do think PJ is still going to come off of the bench. And, you know, not, I also think that because Borrego, I think he showed his frustration that he would have with PJ at times, you know, he would start Vernon Carey a couple of days and then he'd get a couple of fouls. PJ would come in immediately and, you know, start stroking the basketball, doing a better job defensively. And uh, James Borrego would roll with it. I, I think Borrego kind of found something with PJ coming off of the bench too. And that maybe he likes that. And alongside, you know, putting Miles along with the Lamelo and into the starting lineup as he was somebody that was depended on as the season closed. I think that's probably what he's going to open up the season with. I, I, I do agree. I do agree that he's going to open the season up with this. But I also think that we're a legitimate PJ hot streak, which happened when he had a full training camp last time 
from basically making the impact and making James Brago change his mind on stuff. This would not be the first time that we've slated P.J. Washington not to be a factor in the starting lineup, and then he comes out, kicks ass, and then makes some kind of change and throws a monkey wrench into the entire operation. I'm not betting against P.J. being a starter just yet. Let's see what happens in preseason, because I can see a scenario, even though I don't like it, where you can see the P.J. Miles, Gordon, Terry, LaMelo lineup start the game and then sprinkle in 20, 25 minutes of Mason Plumlee off the bench along with some other bigs, and it allows you to use more of a Jalen McDaniels in this case as well. So I can see a scenario where that happens. And So, so you're, you're, I mean, but... I'm just kind of talking about Miles and PJ, but you're kind of talking about PJ just as starter in place of Mason at this point. I, I'm saying I don't. I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Like I am uh, again. Here's the thing. I normally flip flop. This time I am like that fish that is gasping for air on the deck. I've been fished out of the water and I'm flopping each way because I can see so many different <laughs> scenarios at this point. Like that's what I'm saying. I can see a scenario. Like. Nothing would surprise me with this front court this year, even with the possibility of Mason Plumlee coming off the bench and getting 20 to 25 minutes. Because as you know, and as we've been told multiple times, it's not necessarily about who starts the game, but it's about who finishes the game. So I can right, see scenarios in multiple different ways. All right, for sure. Let's talk about some of the guys that are coming off of the bench more so, and also the minutes distribution, maybe some of the stats we expect the front court players to come up with in the next segment, but not before we discuss the greatness that is sweat, bo- uh, sweat block, not a take it over. Well, I mean, sweat block is one of the greatest inventions ever, even though despite the fact that it is very, very overcast and it's been hot and humid, you know what I'm not worrying about? I'm not worrying about sweating right now because sweat block is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, you wash yourself, and you go about your day without having to worry about sweat. Guaranteed. I know it sounds too good to be true. I Again, trust me, you're going to feel this. But I literally only have to use it a couple of times a week. No pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, please tell them to check out Sweatblock. Tell them to use our code at sweatblock.com to get 20% off. Locked on is the code, guys. I'm going to say it one more time. Promo code locked on. Or go to Amazon or CVS. Let Sweatblock change your life and change your wardrobe for you. All right, let's talk about some of the guys coming off of the bench and the minutes distribution coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I kicked the outlet past Doug and I let him run with it because you know what? He's going to do something that's going to be funnier than what I can do right now. I recognize <laughs> <Okay>. my limitations <laughs> and I'm going from there. Wow. That's a lot of that pressure. That was a lot of self-reflection within that teeing it up oh, for Doug. Man. <laughs> God. <laughs> Got a little dark. Don't, yeah, it really did. Uh, we did. We mentioned um, self lo- self loathing <laughs> yesterday, and now we mentioned this. Not are you okay, buddy? We're gonna we're gonna talk through it. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, everyone. How familiar does this sound? You just got one device 
that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends, cousins, brothers log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. The other thing you got to keep in mind with Direct TV Stream, it requires a compatible device and content varies by package. So let's talk about the rest of the front court guys mm-hmm. here. Nada. We know that Gordon Hayward, yes, he he's going to start. That's pretty simple. We we know that for a fact that he's gonna that he's gonna be uh, the starting small forward. Um, you know, you've kind of been, and I'm kind of with you on this as far as Kelly Oubre coming in. I, I think he and PJ are going to be the sixth, seventh men. I think PJ is going to get more minutes than than Mason mm-hmm. Plumley is this year. Um, but but you think Kelly profiles better as a four than he does. You think he profiles better as a three, four more than he does a two, three. And I'm interested to see how much Borrego will use Ubre at the uh, shooting guard position. But this is one of the reasons that they brought Ubre in, right? It's the fact that Gordon Hayward has had an injury history, certainly here recently. And another thing I think scared the Hornets Of course, we know about what happened with Gordon Hayward the first five minutes on the floor with the Boston Celtics and how long it took him to come back to any semblance of normal Gordon Hayward. But also the injury that he had last year, remember, he was supposed to come back before LaMelo Ball and Malik Monk. And both of those players played the last 10 or so games of the season while Gordon ever so slightly, it just became more apparent. Oh, he's not suiting up again. And that's a little scary. It spooked him to the point where it's like, all right, man, the the rehab didn't go as planned. So you got to be ready. And Kelly Oubre can help you out. Certainly this season, and we'll see what happens next year, the the following year, because of that partially guaranteed contract, if he's a part of the team, whatever. Uh, What do you envision Kelly Oubre's role being? Maybe minutes distribution, stats, and just overall philosophy, especially with the Gordon Hayward being that starting small forward. The ideal way that that Kelly Oubre plays is that Miles Bridges is strictly a four next year. Like that, I think if... Kelly Oubre does nothing else but guarantee that Miles Bridges is strictly a four and only has to worry about focusing on one position next year. I think that's a victory. I know that people understand Miles Bridges to be a, a, th- a three, four, this, that, and the third. I am not of the. I'm not of the mind that we want that kind of per- positional versatility unless you're really ready for that. I do think that Kelly Oubre plays 20 games this year, starts 20 games this year. I think that he plays a lot of 3-4. I think the small ball center lineup can work with P.J. and Oubre at the four and then maybe throw in a McDaniels here and then Book Knight if he comes along right, and then you have your Ish Smith. That's still a very, very fast bench that you're playing. I do also think that Ubre is the key to everything because if he can at least soak up some of the, the points that this bench is losing with Malik not being there and with Devontae not being there, I think it's this he can be a sneaky six-man-of-the-year candidate, 
especially if this team overperforms expectations once again. I like the fit for what he does. I like the fact that he goes up and down. I don't think the lack of shooting is going to hurt them in the long run with all of this because I do believe that this still allows a guy like McDaniels to play. And also at the same time, this allows these lineups can allow you to not have to rely on the big men, which we'll talk about tomorrow, but not we won't have to worry about the big men like Kai Jones. You won't have to worry about playing him as much. You won't have to worry about rushing him in there. You won't have to worry about rushing a guy like Vernon Carey on the floor. There's a lot of this that I think Ubre can be the key to unlocking. And also, one more thing on why I believe that Ubre is more of a four than a three. The best lineups in the best year that Ubre's ever had, and I'm talking specifically about the non-Chris Paul um, sons, the best lineups featured him as the four next to DeAndre Ayton. Now, granted, DeAndre Ayton creates a little bit of like a little bit of change and everything else like that. But if you can get some decent, competent center play, I think the best bench lineups may include Kelly. Oubre yeah. You know, what's Charles. interesting about him is that despite him having such a down year from three point land, he actually did uh, hit um, a better percentage from cor- from the corner threes. And so hopefully Kelly Oubre can bring that alongside the Charlotte Hornets. But uh, also, you know, he really did struggle from from three land last year, having only shot 31 percent and starting off extremely, extremely slow. The other thing about Oubre, Josh Lloyd brought this up, is he's got this theory about the free throw percentage being so down compared to what it usually is. He shot 69.5% last year. He, you, he His career percentage is actually 76.4. And so last year, it actually brought that career percentage down quite a bit. Um, and, and he's got this idea that if you're not happy with the role, if you're not happy with the team, that that might affect you at the charity stripe. Like, I don't, you know, it's interesting, right? I'm not sure. Um, we, we know that Kelly Oubre is yeah. someone that I, at least there were reports about him wanting to start and he wanted to start with the Golden State Warriors. He's not going to start here either. I don't know how many minutes he gets. He got 30 last season for Kelly or for a uh, golden state. Like how many minutes do you think he gets this season? Cause I would probably put it at anywhere between 26 and 27. I think if he gets 30 minutes a game this year, that means Gordon Hayward yeah. down with an injury. That's the only way I see that 30 minutes actually happens. I do kind of think that anywhere from 25 to 28 feels right. Like I mean, that's exactly where I settled in. Right. And, and your point with, with Gordon Hayward yeah. um, is a good one. Do you think that maybe they play Kelly Oubre more so and try to rest a Gordon Hayward because of that injury history? That's why I think he yeah. starts 20 games. That's exactly why I think he starts 20 games. I think, I think fans need to be prepared for the very real possibility that Gordon Hayward may be healthy and may not play it may not start some games, and that's perfectly fine because this team needs him over the stretch run. Load management will be coming to Charlotte most likely this year because the schedule is going to be that brutal in stretches. So I do think that Kelly Oubre starts about 15 to 20 games. Anything more than that, and obviously something happened to Gordon. But I do think that if we're going to talk about sweet spots of, and everything involved with Kelly Oubre, I really, 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 really hope that um, that that he just stays 25, 28. If he gives you 14, 
on 28 minutes and a decent percentage. And I'm not even saying like 38. I'm saying like 35, 36. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'd be okay with that. What about? What about uh, yeah, I mean. I- <laughs> Look, I, I just think Gordon Hayward's a better player. I think if, if he's healthy, you got to be careful with him, and I get that. But you know, we'll we'll see uh, how much Kelly eats into the Gordon Hayward minutes. He averaged thirty four per contest in forty four games last season, so we missed a lot of time. We know that because of the injury. Um, you are talking about two different players. I, I feel a lot better with Gordon in a half court set, just being a more efficient basketball player. You know, his three point shot. It's always been better than what Kelly Oubre has put up even the worst seasons from Gordon have been right at the top of what Kelly Oubre has been able to shoot the free throw attempts went up last year for Gordon and so you're talking about even with a guy like Kelly attacking the rim you would think more so Gordon Hayward is getting sent to the charity stripe a little more frequently and by the way another stat with Oubre that's interesting is um, one you know we talk about those positions right he did play a third of his time at least according to basketball reference at that shooting guard spot last year I think that probably contributed to him not shooting as much at the rim he shot 26 percent at the rim last year I think that was down from uh, 34 the year prior so I hope that the shots at the rim are up this season because you know you lose a guy like Malik that can attack hopefully enter a Kelly Oubre who plays so vertical that uh that he can help you in that aspect as well um but yeah I mean and Kelly Kelly's gonna get his minutes like I said you know Kelly Kelly yeah, is Kelly and PJ they're he's gonna go be the I was gonna say he's probably gonna be the guy that you would I would expect the most out of in terms of he would probably lead the bench minutes if he doesn't lead the bench minutes, again, something has. Well, gone I mean, it's wrong. P- PJ. Kelly I mean, is if PJ or Miles finishes above him, you're not gonna you're not gonna question that, right? But well, for bench minutes, though, coming off the bench, like I'm saying, potential. Like the only guy that I worry, I'm expecting starters to get more minutes. But if Kelly's in that 29 to 32 range, I feel like there's something that's gone wrong in that aspect, and that that's what I'm saying. Like. I don't think, like, PJ, I'm expecting anywhere from 28 to 30. Miles, I'm expecting anywhere from 28 to 30. There are too many, there's too many depth pieces at this point on this team that you can, I'm not saying that you can rely upon, but that are just simply functional to where no one should really be getting burned out, per se, unless people have just completely fallen off the cliff. That's the only thing I'm saying. All right, let's talk about Build Bar, and I'm about ready for a new shipment because it's been a little while. I want my Grasshopper. I want my Churro Puff. I want my mint chocolate chip, but they're all so good anyway. Raspberry, salted caramel, strawberry, orange. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. They're a, they're a healthy candy bar. It's ridiculous. They're high in protein, they're high in fiber, but they're low in calories and they're low in sugar. Built Bar is the official protein bar also of the U.S. track and field team. That's awesome. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We got one more segment to go. Maybe we dive in a little more to PJ and Miles. Expect the, what kind of expectations we have for them. Haven't talked Jalen McDaniels either. Some of the other front court guys. It's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Did you just? We got food at home. Alperine Sengun. You literally just. We We're got not food. going to McDonald's. Not a. We we, we do. Home. 
<laughs> right. Look, I, Eddie Murphy out here. I'm, I'm Eddie Murphy right now, okay? I'm telling you, we're going to chop up the green peppers. We're going to put it in the hamburger meat, and it's going to be good enough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing. You've got some teams that are racing for the playoffs. The Atlanta Braves, after what was a really nice streak, they're starting to even out a little more. That NL East division race, that should be interesting. Go to Bet Online and get in on the action. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can head to the website, you can use your mobile device, and you can sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The promo code is locked on. All right, so when we talk about the depth chart here, we've talked about Miles and PJ, how they're going to start, right? Mm -hmm. Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, that's kind of been interesting. Um, Let's go even further on the bench. What do you think the role is of a Jalen McDaniels this year alongside a Kai Jones playing that four spot too? Like he can be a part of this conversation, even if you might want him to be a five, like they're four or five is going to be in Kai Jones future. How do you think the more back end of this front court aspect is going to look Jalen like McDaniels is going to be the most interesting one for me, because I do think that there's a slot for him to fill where I wonder is that which Jalen McDaniels are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy that was a functional piece of this team that contributed in multiple different facets or are we going to get the guy that basically operated as if he was on a 10 day? Depending on which one that got, which guy we get, whichever guy they, the Hornets get, I can feel confident in, like, that's how I know how many minutes he gets. Because the te- guy acting on a 10 day, he's not getting any minutes. And that's when you start worrying about does Kai Jones overtake him? The guy that is a functional piece to this team and defends and shoots threes and everything else like that, that guy's getting 15 minutes. They'll find minutes for him. They'll find ways to get him involved because he's such a good defender. He's such a long athlete, and he hits threes, and there aren't that many guys that can legitimately hit a good amount of threes at a decent clip on this team. So a lot of this really does depend on where Jalen McDaniels' head's at because if his head's right, This guy is absolutely going to be your eighth, ninth guy off the bench, even before book night at this point. I mean, yeah, I love his potential in that role. You you know what I feel about Jalen. It's somebody that absolutely should be given an opportunity. His three-point percentage was down last season at only 33%. I expect that to go up. I think his shooting from the year prior, 37.5, I think it's legitimate. I think his form is just fine. We've seen him hit threes before. And you know what's great is the fact that his three-point percentage was down to 33, and yet still his field goal percentage overall was 46.8. Like the the guy is still overall uh, an efficient basketball player. Um, You know, he averaged seven and a half points last season. We saw a couple of Jalen games. I believe there was the game. I forget if it was like Milwaukee or something like that. I'm not sure. He had something like 19, um, you know, one of those types of contests where he really showed out. I love his defensive instincts. I've given you the breakdown of Jalen McDaniels before. And it'll be when we talk about who is legitimately going to be a part of the rotation, like, is this going to be a nine, a 10, you know, an eight? Like, what are you expecting? Right. So LaMelo, Terry, Gordon, Miles, Mason, those are five guys are going to be a part of the rotation. Ish Smith, six, Mm -hmm. Kelly Oubre, PJ, seven, eight. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's like McDaniels and Book Night. Those are your 10 guys. And we talked about Book Night yesterday. We don't know exactly where he's going to fit into the equation, yeah. at least at the beginning. But not, a, I mean, hell, we talk about best defensive lineups. Like, I'm looking at McDaniels being in there somewhere. I know we were talking about best defensive lineups featuring a PJ and a Miles, right? Like, when we were just focusing on, you know, the first five, seven, eight guys off of the bench. But just yes. overall, best defensive, you know, I'm, I'm finding a place for McDaniels to be if, if, you're, if you're looking for the best possible defensive lineup. I don't disagree. But where I would ask you is, like, where do you fit him in? Because if your best defensive lineup at this point involves LaMelo at some point. It involves PJ and it involves Miles. I I like that lineup, but you're going to have to kind of score, right? So one of those like so if you're telling me McDaniel's fits on that lineup, then that means that's got to be Gordon Hayward at the 2, right? And even then, I'm not sure putting that much scoring burden on Gordon Hayward is a, is a smart idea. You know what I'm saying? Uh <laughs> I think it's fine. I mean, I, th I think if you go if you go with the lineup of you know Lamelo Ball, I mean Terry's not in the best defensive one. So if we're if we're nope. focusing on like if you go if you go Lamelo, Gordon, Jalen, Miles, PJ, that's fine. I'll roll with that. You know that that's that's just fine with me. Like I think yeah, it, I think with your shooting guard, you know whoever it is on the opposing end, you'll maybe sacrifice some speed. But I think McDaniel's is long enough to maybe even just guard that guy, right? Like that that's how much I think of McDaniel's. I don't I don't think that's where you're normally playing them. We're just talking about some creative lineups. Um, but man, McDaniel's coming in, being able to shoot being able to play defense. I, I do think that there are going to be some minutes for him. But again, this is something I talked about on the lockdown fantasy basketball pod. It's, it's the fact that we know the Hornets aren't the best team in the world. We know they're not truly an Eastern conference contender of really fighting their way in the top four. But we also know that this is a team full of guys that are going to get some minutes. And you know, it's, it's not the easiest rotation to crack in the world. I mean, no, it's not. It's not like it used to be like you actually have to perform. Well, there's no minutes for, development's sake here anymore yeah i mean like mcdaniels was able to crack it at in his rookie season because they were going so young now it's tough for mcdaniels to crack it because they've got some you know they've got some talent enough that might might make the playoffs this year yeah so i mean it's a good problem to have and he's also kind of in we're just gonna have to say it be honest with ourselves like, if he performs too well, that's a guy that if you're in need of getting additional draft assets at the, at the deadline, I mean, you can do worse than trading him. You can do worse. And then this also means, like, the one thing I would probably point out as well is if Kai Jones does anything to make himself a factor, yeah, this, this does impact McDaniels more than it does anybody else. So... This is going to be tough. I, I really do feel for Jalen McDaniels on this because this is really just kick ass or else for him. If not, then there's going to be a problem and he's not going to see the minutes. Yeah. And, and we just, I mean, we just went down the roster, right? Like not, a, it just makes it more apparent that it's going to be really tough for Kai Jones to get a substantial amount of minutes this year, you know, especially defensive awareness where he needs to be shooting. He did not shoot the ball well in the preseason. His shot selection was terrible, but that, that so is, is, I mean, summer league 
a lot of shot selections are terrible because everybody's looking for theirs. They're not necessarily moving the basketball at an extremely high rate. Um, you know, so Kai Jones was trying to force some stuff up there. Okay, fine. I, I still think that Kai is not going to have that big of an impact this season for the Hornets. I think James Borrego kind of alluded to as much. Um, and so when you talk about McDaniels even battling with a Kai, McDaniel shooting is going to be, I, I feel valued a lot more, a lot more, right? Valued a lot more and defensive and awareness and just where to be being in the system. Also, you know, he's not all that much shorter than Kai Jones. I mean, yet Kai is more of that four or five, but I feel very comfortable with McDaniels, you know, being that, you know, three, four to where, you know, I think there's a possibility of him. Like he's not going to play two, but it's also like, I don't think that's the worst idea in the world in some special lineups that Borrego likes to roll out there. So it'll be interesting uh, to see the rotation and how it looks. We'll focus more so on fives tomorrow and also bring some other aspects to the equation. Um, but honeycomb anything heroes up- tomorrow. So again, honeycomb heroes. And one more thing, shout out to big Pat for making uh 2k 22, because if you didn't see it yesterday, they announced that big Pat was going to be one of the 22 voices that made it onto uh, NBA 2k 22. So shout out to big Pat for making it. We're going to, we got to get them on at some point, And a lot of that's my fault. I apologize, but yeah, shout out to big Pat. Uh, shout out to Big Pat. We can do that every single podcast if we wanted to, and he would deserve every single shout out. Thanks again for supporting the show. We always appreciate your support. Also, thank you to our sponsors, Sweat Block, Built Bar, everybody that's ever partnered with us. We always appreciate their support as well. Tune in tomorrow. Also, make sure you tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, have a great day, and we'll be back with you to close out the week. That's coming up tomorrow.